Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Chris Dufour. Welcome to EF Talk, a podcast for and about Williams College student-athletes. Today, we are fortunate to be joined by women's head golf coach, Thomas Adolstenson. Uh, Thomas is in the beginning of his fifth year here at Williams College. He's finished uh, number two at the NCAA Championships for the last two years in a row, and I believe uh, fourth the year before that. Uh, so off to an incredible start. Uh, welcome to the show, Thomas. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited to uh, to chat with you. Yeah, this will be this is going to be great, and I appreciate your time. Now let's start with the fact that uh, you grew up in Iceland uh, and graduated from the University of Iceland in 2007. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to kind of get a feel for you know, where you grew up in Iceland, I guess, first of all, I think uh, that would be interesting, but also the impetus after that to kind of come over to the States and what your goal was, what you were thinking uh, to make such a big move. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm biased, but it's a great place to, to grow up in. And uh, I'm, I'm proud that I've, I'm from Iceland, went to the University of Iceland and, and to study psychology and, and had played sports all my life, um, both soccer and, and golf. I think it's surprising uh, to many of and get the question like go- golf in Iceland, how does that go together? <laughs> and and my, my fun fact around that is um, often that uh, Iceland are like world uh, record holders in per capita anything. <laughs> and we have most golf courses in Europe per capita. So wow. more golf courses, um, her population than um, than Scotland or Spain or other countries you might otherwise think of as sort of golf maccas. So um, so we had plenty of opportunity to play golf and um, started play golf around ten and and uh, we don't have school sports in Iceland so I played for my club um, and won some some tournaments uh, in Iceland Icelandic champion and then had the chance to play for the national team um, in various tournaments throughout Europe and European championships. Um, so when it came to deciding sort of what I wanted to do, um, really interested in, in psychology and, and, and it led itself to, to sports psychology. Um, so when I was exploring programs, I decided to go with one in, in California, uh, John F. Kennedy University, just outside of San Francisco. And uh, moved out there in, in 2008, uh, the fall of 2008, and I moved with one suitcase and uh, lived in a hotel room the first couple of nights, didn't know anyone. Um, so that was an interesting experience. Was it uh, a little be- bit uh, intimidating for you to, to, to make that kind of move? I mean, you, I think uh, you grew up outside uh, the capital of Iceland, so I, it must be fairly big, but San Francisco's uh, yeah. a large city. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I mean, I grew up in the capital area just outside of Reykjavik in Iceland, and, um, and Iceland has pretty much everything uh, a normal metropolitan area or that Reykjavik has, um, so that by itself, but just moving to a place I'd never visited before, never been to before, not knowing anyone. Uh, different culture in a way. Different culture, for sure. Um, so I, I lived in the East Bay um, in, in, a, in a town suburb, uh, San Francisco, first when I got there. But after the first semester, I actually ended up moving into the city, which was a great experience and having an opportunity to, to live in San Francisco. I was very pre- appreciative of, which also 
in our program, I met my now wife, Vanessa Brown, and uh, we lived together in San Francisco. And, and that's where I sort of starting my, my coaching career in the U.S. I was coaching a, a JV soccer team out there. I started to coach the boys of Archity high school golf team um, at the high school I was there at that time. So really became interested in coaching um, from there as well, um, which led to it then uh, after our time in, in, in California, we moved to Minnesota, uh, closer to my wife's family, um, where I was an assistant women's soccer coach at Carleton College for one year and then became the head coach at, at McAllister. You were the head of men and women at McAllister. Uh, that must have been quite a challenge to have two teams uh, of different genders at one time. Yeah, it, it was a unique experience, uh, especially in regards to uh, the recruiting purposes and just managing two programs. You're really your head coach for two programs. And um, so that had a challenge that a good, a good assistant coach that would help me manage um, one of the teams when I was traveling with, with the other and vice versa. And, um, but it, it was a, a good experience as we had a chance to, to uh, practice a lot together with both men and women and, I always look at it this way as uh, you're coaching, coaching people, not necessarily men or women. Right. Um, and people come with their, with their different stories and, and backgrounds. So um, it, it was a good experience for four years. And, um, and then <laughs> my wife, Vanessa was um, pregnant of our, uh, of our first son, uh, Killian. Um, and, I was told by a colleague, hey, did you know that the women's golf position is open at, at Williams? And Williams was at that time still defending national champions, hadn't played in the, in the 2016 national championship yet. Uh, just come off that um, great win in 2015. And I was familiar with, with Williams women's golf program, but I'd never lived in the Northeast, uh, never been to Williamstown at that, that point. Uh, so I, I, I told my pregnant wife, uh, I'll put my name in the hat. What do you think? Oh, sure. Sure. Do that. She <laughs> wasn't really listening. I <laughs> wasn't really listening. Uh, so, and one thing led to another and um, I got a phone interview and uh, told my, my wife, like, yeah, I think it went well. well. We'll see how it goes. And then led to on-campus interview. I was like, yeah, that went well. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I really liked it. And um, so then I, I convinced her finally to, uh, come and uh, let's, let's take a look at the place. Um, I was offered the, the job and I was like fortunate to be able to come and, and um, spend some time in Williamstown and, and show my wife. And, and we brought our then newborn son who was one month old or something like that at the time. Uh, even during the phone interview, he was a six days old. I remember saying that. And, wow. and some of the parents that were on the search committee, they were like, oh, wow, that's uh, <laughs> quite uh, quite the life change right going going on right there are you going to be even uh, awake for this interview <laughs> right exactly <laughs> some, some sleepless nights around that time but um i just remember so distinctly um that we were driving back from williamstown to the airport and and vanessa tells me uh, on the way it's like yeah i really like it um it's a big move for us but i think um if you don't accept it you're going to regret it for the rest of your life um, and from that, that, that sealed the deal for us. It's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're moving away from her family. Have again, uh, halfway halfway across, across the country. The country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After well, five years in, in Minnesota and, and, uh, 
we've really liked it. I really enjoy living in Williamstown and uh, we've been uh, so welcomed by the community and, and uh, enjoyed our time here. And so it's been, well, great. you mentioned your wife, Vanessa Brown. She's an, she's also an assistant coach for our volleyball program with Christy Kelsey. Uh, she, and I think you said she's finishing up a master's her second master's possibly. Yeah. Plus you mentioned you have now, you, now you have a second child. So you have two <laughs> coaches, lots of studies, Lots of responsibilities and two young children under, I think, what, five or four at this point? Yeah, yeah. How do, you guys, half now. <laughs> how do you guys manage that? I have to ask. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do we? Uh, no, I think uh, I'm, I'm uh, so impressed and, and so proud of, of Vanessa and how she's able to manage all these things and uh, juggle being a, a phenomenal mom and a, and a wife and an assistant volleyball coach and and do her uh, program, um, the, her master's program in, in clinical social work with, with such uh, stellar work and internships and all that. Um, it really comes down to mean time management and we have great people in town, great friends that have, have helped us out. Uh, students that have been willing to step in and pick our kids up from daycare in pre COVID time and, uh, and, 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 and drop them off at the volleyball court or the golf course. And, um, but even now, it's it's it, we've seen it even more now during during these COVID times that like we've really started to rely on on close friends um, as our family, and, and it's been sure. really helpful to help us trying to manage as, as best we can and um, come up with some sort of routine. I think we're, we finally found some routine in, in all this, but um, yeah, it takes hard work, and, and sometimes you're you're tired and frustrated, but um, it's good to have a good partner at that time to uh, share the load. Now, um, let's, let's start off with uh, a broad question, uh, and, and it probably has a lot of different answers to it, but what led you to coaching, or, or why do you coach, is, uh, is the easy kind of way to, to frame that. Yeah, I maybe alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I, for me, like, I love working with people. Yeah. I, I really enjoy... The, the interaction with, with different people. Um, and that's really what I tell my players. That's the core of it. I coach because of them. Golf is just what we happen to do jointly. Sure. And, and, and that, like you said, that leads it to a lot of different um, uh, directions and, and takes different paths. But um, really I enjoy with, with coaching is you have an individual, you have people that, are ambitious and are passionate about something and they have goals for themselves. That's something they want to achieve. And 
um, I really enjoy it. And I feel very privileged to have the opportunity to be a part of that journey with them is in some way, help them achieve those goals. And that doesn't always need to be on the golf course. We use golf as sort of our vehicle for it. Uh, but it's, it, it, it's so amazing to be able to be a part of that journey and see them, especially at a, at, at a place like Williams, where they're not looking to be professional golfers. Right. They come in there highly ambitious about their golf game, and they want like, man, they're competitive. They want to win a national title, no doubt. Um, but they come to Williams, come here to be a part of it, to get a good education, and then go move on to do other things in life. Um, and it just, for me, it's so rewarding that I get to be a part of that journey with them. And we get to work on our golf goals on the golf course and then see them achieve those other great things during and beyond their time at Williams. Do you find a lot of your time? I mean, what can you put a percentage on how, when you're kind of coaching on the field and coaching off the, the course, you know, so to speak, do you, have you been surprised by the amount of uh, <laughs> advice you're sought after for from your student athletes? Yeah, you're talking about the, the numbers of letter recommendations or uh, <laughs> phone calls we get. Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, yeah, I often try to try to put it down and, and as a part of the time management and, and, and figure out what, what you're spending time on and, and what are you getting out of that time um, that you've spent uh, on your program and on yourself. It's I always joke about it because like, oh, what do you do outside of practices? It's like practice is about maybe 15 to 20% of right. what I do. And I don't think a lot of um, people understand that. Yeah. So, and it, and that's the fun part. It's the fun part when we get to go out on the golf course and, and, and she great golf shots and, 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 and amazing rounds in, in, in a place like Taconic and, and other amazing golf courses. And, um, but it, it's a lot of the work, um, individual meetings like phone calls and texts late at night or um, even during the night. Um, and it, it's those times that it really gives it, gives it meaning. Um, and then you get sort of rewarded with the time you spent with the, with the students on the golf course. When you recruit for Williams, what, I guess, first of all, what do you, what's in your arsenal? What's in your, what's in your bag when you, when you reach in and you're, and you're, talking to us, uh, a could, uh, would be Williams student athlete for your program. Yeah, it's good. Um, many would think so. So like Williams, like I get that. Like Williams kind of recruits itself, right? Sure. Yeah. And in a sense, I w it would be dishonest to say no. I mean, in a sense it does right. based on its reputation. It does. Um, but with that, it also come challenges of like a lot of prospective students recognize that it's a number one liberal arts college in the country. It has won how many directors cup and like even our specific program, we finished in the top five in the national championships past six, seven years. And then you have just the amazing number of students that want to come all these prospectives and that want to come and play golf at Williams. And our job is more to filter out, like, who is really the greatest fit for our program? Who is really, are, are going to thrive in the rigorous academic environment? 
who really is going to fight for their spot in the lineup? Because we, there's a lot of competition uh, for spots on our team and really like embraces that challenge. Um, so it's for us to try to narrow down that, um, that, uh, the group and, and get down to a, a few players that we are able to see play and, and then select out of that group. But I often, I mean, I ask that question for all my players and just students in general that I interact with PE classes. Like, Hey, why, why did you choose Williams? Because I also want to learn. I have, I can read up the facts and the stats, but so can everyone else just going online and Google something. Um, exactly. So I love asking the students, like, why did you pick it? What was your reason? And <laughs> I joke with recruits about this, but um, like, I can tell you, you know all that. You know the school is good. You're getting an amazing education. You're going into a strong golf program. But I encourage all recruits when they come, just take a moment, look around, reflect by yourself. It's like the people I met, the place I saw, what's the feeling? What's the feeling of being on campus? walking down Spring Street, coming to Deconic. Like, is that a place you want to spend your next four years? If the answer is like, yes, this is where I want to go, then you're at the right place. Uh, I, I am shocked at, uh, not shocked, but it's so interesting that you mentioned that because of all the student athletes that I talked to, the, the, they all mentioned, oh, yeah, well, Williams was number one. I knew that, or my dad went here, and I knew that. Or There's always mm -hmm. that first kind of, reason but then they all say not all that's incorrect but a lot the majority of people i talk to say once i as soon as i came to visit mm -hmm. boom i knew this was the place for me yeah. and that like you said that's so key because your and your heart and your mind is invested from the day one right when you decide that you know and exactly and that's and that's what i joke with him is like so all that I said, all the information I sent you and we've talked about and like in my so-called sales speech, the speech about it, you get back with me. It just felt right. Yeah. It was exactly. a feeling. It was a fe And I, it's really hard to install, install that feeling. To, but we have the added benefit of having uh, Taconic, one of the best college golf courses in the country oh, right yeah, on our campus. I mean, I've, I've timed it. It takes eight minutes to walk from my walk from my office to the first tee. Yeah. Um, so I, when I, when we walk and we bring recruits there and then have, they was like oh, that, that just sealed it for me. Yeah. I mean, it's an, it's an incredible uh, club to have in your bag, so to speak, because that is, you know, and like you said, forget the stats. Once you just walk the course, you're like, Oh no, <laughs> you know, yeah. I have to play here. I have to be here. It's, it's that, it's that memorable. It's that beautiful. Uh, yeah, and, and I have to say, it's, I, I feel sad because I often, we talk about those that actually are fortunate to come and, and be a part of our program, join us and, and be with us. Um, but I often say there, each year, there are probably 10 to 15 girls that I tell, I would love for them to be a part of our program. Yeah. They won't have the chance. It's a selective institution. Yeah. Not everyone will have a chance to do so. And um, it was up to me. We like, we'd be stacked. We were like 40 girls on the team. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> have, a, have a great team. But um, just, just because I, I, we, you spend so much time interacting um, with the recruits and getting to know them and, and you built relationships and, and you really just hope that they get to go to an institution they're really going to flourish. 
Yeah, I mean, that's got to be one of the hardest parts, if not the hardest part of your job is the recruiting, but then the people that you can't bring here that you want to, and, and, and you have to tell them that, you know. Yeah. I can't imagine that's very easy. No, it, uh, it's, it's definitely one of the – I mean, I, each year it's like I get to make maybe one or two phone calls like I, I'd love to see in our team. But on the flip side, I get to make another 10 phone calls like I'm sorry. I, right. That's not going to be in your, in your future. Um, well, let's talk about uh, a little bit about what you look for in recruits. Uh, and I think you've probably alluded to a little bit of it, but what kind of traits attract you to bring someone into kind of uh, support someone to get into Williams and play for your program? I mean, it, 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 it's the normal things of like, they have to be a good, good student. They have to be an outstanding student uh, these days, not even a good student. Um, and they have to be a good golfer, but I often define it. So it's just like, um, we don't have that much time to work with our student athletes throughout the four years, because we really go straight into competition each fall and spring. Uh, so players have to be fairly ready. They have, they have to have shown that in competitive tournaments that they can shoot low scores. That doesn't mean that, that they are, they're always shooting those low scores, right. but I need to be able to tell like, Hey, you, you, you're someone that can shoot even par or even under par in a competitive junior tournament from the similar distances that we play from. Um, but they're always also been, I was just talking to one of our first years now, uh, just this week. And she was like, oh, I was kind of nervous because the other two recruits we brought in, I mean, they were, um, they had much lower scores than, than me in junior golf. And I was like, yeah, I'd also seen you play four times. And I know like, yeah, you, you probably shot your four worst rounds in those <laughs> times I, I saw you play because she was ne really nervous. Um, but I also saw her technically, she was really good. And um, the mistakes that she was making in those rounds were mistakes that I, I believe that I can help her work on. Sure. Um, then there are other times there's like that, like someone might have make mistakes or, or have some challenges around their game. They're like, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm going to have enough time to work through that. Um, and so I try to look for that. And I often say, it's like, we're, we play a sport where we compete with five players and four counts. So every time we get to drop a score. So I like to see every player really push themselves, go for it, try to shoot as low as you can. If it doesn't work out that day, hopefully you're the one we get dropped. But if everyone is continuing to push that limit and kind of raise the bar, we talk about that a lot, trying to play their absolute best golf every time, we're going to have an improved performance throughout time. And that is something I want to see from, from recruits when I go and watch them play. Are they really trying to push themselves? Just as like they, like admissions in the college wants to see them push themselves in the classroom. Are they taking rigorous classes? Are, are they trying to really raise the bar? And that's when I see if they fail and occasionally, like that's okay. As long as they see the reaction and the response to those mistakes and those failures um, is something that we can work with. And I think that's often the flip side too, is when I see recruits, um, they don't have the best days and they kind of get angry at themselves or take it out on, on themselves or someone around them. And then just kind of run off the course in a, 
in, in, in some rates is like, then we, then that's not someone I really am excited to work with. Right. Right. I mean, because that's a, that's a, an immaturity level that it's hard to really get a hold of if it's already at the collegiate level, you know, that's uh, it's hard to tame that, uh, and then turn that around, although it's certainly not possible, but it, it makes it's, it's, and that also leads to, uh, if you have a, a person who doesn't necessarily control their emotions in that way, that, that that can also lead to problems with chemistry among the and among the teammates in the entire program, you know. So I, I mean, I, I'm I've seen it. Yeah, no, yeah, and uh, and 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 it's funny you you bring it up because um, that that's one thing is like we talk about on a team. It's like really strong team chemistry, and, and the players really have a strong bond among each other, and and. And we really, really embrace that and, and, and cherish that. And, and part of that is we work on it. Like I'm big on body language when we're out playing. Sure. Um, I, I talk about chin up, chest out all the time. I don't want you to hang your head down. Um, and just because, I mean, when we play on the golf course, you're often seeing your teammates. And I'll give you another, uh, so the positive example of that, but I don't want the energy to be like, I don't want to see three fairways down uh, that my teammate, oh, she's probably not having a good day. You don't want to be able to tell that. I don't want to be able to tell that. Yeah. Like, I want you to carry yourself in a such way, in a strong, positive manner that like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. If she's good, like, I got to keep my, myself up. And you, it, it's contagious. And you start sure. to feel that energy throughout the golf course. Um, the example that I want to give on the other side was uh, we have a funny tradition that have lasted for some years now is uh, we send birdie signs. Um, so if someone gets a birdie on the team, uh, they flap their wings and someone has to respond. Oh, that's great. And it just, it's so fun to see in, in tournament play uh, that when someone does that and they respond to it, it's like, Man, oh, she just made two birdies in a row. Or like she already, like now, now I need to step it up. Because again, it just kind of feeds into their competitive spirits. Well, yeah, if you're competitive um, at all, even if you love your teammates, you want to you want to be on that birdie train, so to speak. You know. Yeah, you, you want to be a part of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, take me down to a kind of a just a regular day practice for you and your team. Uh, you guys are getting ready for a weekend tournament. What what three things are you looking for from your team at practice? in a particular day or a particular practice, what, what are you going into practice looking for from your golfers? Uh, oh, I could take it in, in so many directions. I mean, um, there's not just three things. <laughs> yeah. Not just three things. It's, it, the, we have to make it competitive. We're, we're going into competition and my sort of mantra always with them is be better today after, like be better after the practice than you were be, before the practice. Learn something. There has to be something that you take away, not just going through the emotion, not just being present, but like, let's actually make sure that like, Hey, I can identify today. I'm better at this now after the practice than I was before the practice. Uh, so, so we, we're always trying to have some competitive aspect to it. I, we're playing heavy program. We try to do a lot of the things on the golf course, versus spending a ton of time on the putting green or the driving range and whatnot. Uh, so I put up drills and different focus points and, and exercises for them on the golf course. 
um, different things to think about. It can be something on the mental game of it. It can be something um, short game focused. It can be course management focused. Um, so any of that. And as soon as you feed into that sort of competitor spirit, I mean, we just, we played around today and um, we had a simple game, a match play game among, among the teammates and they get into it. Yeah. Like they don't want to lose. <laughs> uh, so as soon as you put, put something up like that, but I, I also put like limits on it. Like you can't hit it in a certain spot and then you get penalized if you do. Oh, wow. Very um, so it's, it, it, so they really have to be engaged and that maybe brings me to another point. It's like, I'm big on focus and attention. Like, and, and I, I have a definition of it. And like using your sensory system to gather as much information as you can. And then question how you can process it. And if you're not focused um, in that sense on the right things, you're not going to accomplish anything. You're not going to succeed in what you're trying to achieve. Um, and, so that's what I look from our team. Are they engaged? Are they focused uh, when we're out there? And I go up to them. I was like, hey, you, you seem off today. Yeah. Something I was just going to ask you that. How do you, what do you do when, you, when they're not? What, how, do you, how do you try to compensate for that or help them with that? Yeah, we come up with this strategy. We try and we have that conversation. Often it's really just about clearing. We have, we have check-ins at the beginning of practices um, where I ask them just to, hey, where are you at today? What's occupying your mind? Right. Ask, just to let, because, and, and, and I'll go off tangent here, but um, it's so often, and people re- so relate to this so well, that you come in a group, it could be your workplace, it could be your class, it could be your team, and someone is kind of looking angry or sad or just looking off, quiet. And immediately, I do, and every person, we sort of like, what, what, what did I do? Is, right. is she still mad about something I said yesterday or last week? Or is she still like, did I do something to her? And it might have just been like, no, I just worked on a, like, I had a really difficult math problem set. And I'm still thinking about that. Uh, or I had a midterm last night or like, oh, like my roommate was, is going through something. And we're carrying over. So sometimes they just need an outlet, an opportunity to share that with someone. So just that quick uh, exchange, that quick conversation can, can help with that. And I would say the second part of that is, is also acknowledging we're, we're not robots. We're going to have emotions. We're going to have our up and down days. And that's okay too. Which, which also is like if everyone is, has, is always bringing their A game, whether it's to practice or competition, if, that everyone is good all the time. The problem is, like, not everyone's always bringing their A game. Right. And then the question becomes, like, how are you really going to succeed with your B game or with your C game? How good can you be when you're when distracted? You're when you're, yeah, when you're not at your best. Yeah. You're sad, distracted, don't have full attention on things. Because that's life. Exactly. You're going to have a lot of those things. So a lot of our conversation is like, okay, hey, this is good. It's good that you're a little bit distracted. Then we get to learn how to deal with that. It's, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm nervous about, oh, that's great. And then we start to recognize that feeling. And we can start to like, okay, how can I play with that feeling? Not trying to stop it or avoid it or, or think about it later, 
No, it's part of us. We are the one that play the game of golf. So a lot of your, what your work is, I mean, you have almost two jobs. You have the, the technical part of the coaching of with the swing and the studying of the course and those kind of things. But it sounds like a lot like you are focusing on uh, the mental performance of your players. And, and the reason I bring that up is I know you served early in your career and your journey as a, as a mental performance coach. Was this kind of the time that you kind of said, well, this is where I can meld these two things together. This is, this is something I really need to learn about because this is going to set us apart or whatever program I am part of apart from others. Cause that's what really what mental performance does. If you can, can teach that and get young people to understand it. Like what you've just been talking about. It's not easy for me to understand or <laughs> at least uh, implement some of the, the things you were talking about in my workplace, you know, but if I was able to, if everyone was able to, we'd be so much better off, if you know what I mean, at least uh, efficiency-wise and performance-wise. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's something that we do every day. And, and, and I still work with other uh, professional athletes in addition to the team on these particular um, topics. And the, the interesting thing is we're, we're humans, and we, we, we come with a lot of different we, we, stories, different things that we bring to the table. And you can't just ignore that and expect, just, 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 just perform. Just be a good athlete. Um, and it's all, always like if the, if the student's not willing to learn, if they're not ready to learn, they're not going to learn. So we have to sort of approach it from the other direction. Like, let's make sure that they're ready to accept the information and digest it and work through it that's when the information is going to matter it, it doesn't really what was um there's some saying i'm blanking on um it, yeah i mean it it, it relates to it is not um uh it's not how much the student cares unless they know something like that i'm blanking on it right now but i'm gonna butcher it anyway um <laughs> that's quite all right and and, and, and that's i okay. think we're getting what you're meaning <laughs> <laughs> but it but it really is um we we have like for our players they have to know and trust that you are trying to help them with that information right that might make them uncomfortable for some time uh, that might like make them a little bit worse in the, in the moment for some short time. And we're, I, and I, it's a phrase I used to say, we're not looking for short-term gains. We're looking for long-term gains and you have to look for those moments. And it's, there's a lot of human element to it is trying to figure out, Hey, what, what makes this person click? Um, versus some other plan. That's, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of golf and being an individual sport. Like I get to figure that now with 11 players on our roster, what makes each and every one of them click and trying well, that, to yeah, bring the best say, out of all of them. That's the unique part is you have 11 very different human beings and they all will have their own very unique path that you have to adapt to and, and find the, the right manner of coaching them. You know, so as much of a team sport as it is, it's uh, golf is so individualized that you really have to pay very close attention to every single member on the team 
is that is that uh, is that challenging to come up with eleven different game plans, so to speak? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it's it's challenging. Um, I mean, I, I'm like I like fortunate is the only word I really can. I, I'm I'm very lucky that I get to work with um, young women uh, that are in our program and. <laughs> They, they give me a hard time and, and they also acknowledge that they give me a hard time. Right. Like there, there are big personalities, strong willed, um, all they want their way. They're highly ambitious and passionate and, and, and they're going to speak up and we have a very transparent policy. Like they we want honesty, um, uh, from each other. So I got to ask for honesty from them and they know that they're going to get honesty in return. And sometimes that leads to um, <laughs> some some conflicts or just exchange that just um, like oh like coach I know we can be so difficult and <laughs> and we're trying to achieve this all at the same time um, so so my job is is to try to work through all that and and find the the most efficient and effective way for us to achieve our goals. Well, this is great. It kind of leads into this next question. Uh, there's so many things that go into uh, pushing a person to their to their potential, make, helping them reach it. There's physical conditioning, mental mental conditioning that we've been talking about, techniques, tactics, team culture, all are very important to you. Is there a hierarchy of these conditions, or do they all just meld together to make a really great program um yeah they they are all very important um even when i when we're talking about any mental game strategies for example it's like that by itself you can have a great attitude you have a great mindset that by itself is not going to get you anywhere right just as like you could be really strong really fast um that by itself is not going to get you there. Um, you have to have the physical and the technical component. You have to be able to execute. Um, in the modern game in golf, you have to be able to hit the ball a certain way and, and have the, 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 the touch and the finesse to, to have a good short game. Um, but it's really the separator becomes it's sort of the next level things. And the two things that I work on the most, because we get great help um, with with strength and conditioning on the physical part. And, and they're really invested in that. We've seen that we also do additional um, club head speed work and uh, other things, stretching uh, to make sure that we're maximizing our physical and the technical ability. Um, and we pay attention to that a lot. And probably the, the, the most of my time is spent though on the tactical, the strategical part of it, and then the mental part of it, uh, because that's going to be the separator. That's again, coming back to the, so it's like the A game and, and the B game and C game. It's like once you are not really like, ah, I don't feel great today or oh, that's not the spot I wanted to get myself into right. like here in, in the trees and like I have to hit it over the, the water or over the bunker or whatnot. It's, but it's like, do we have a plan for that? Have we practiced that? Right. And also, are you mentally acute enough to realize, okay, that's not where I want to be, but now what is my next best shot 
from this spot that I don't want to be in, how can I perform at a high level in this particular moment? Absolutely. And it, it's one drill we do. Uh, we do it a lot indoors and, and, and uh, for, when we lead into the, the spring season. And um, I have them go through sort of a ladder, a pro- progressive kind of uh, stations. And it leads to an endpoint where we, we call it the pressure pause. And it, you, you come to a short pot, maybe four or five footer. Um, and we have the entire team run through these different drills. And once they get to that point, they have to call everyone on the team, have them stop what they're doing because they're all working at the same time. Sure. They're like, Hey, pressure pause. And then they all have to come and watch that one player make that putt. So if you make that putt and you didn't call a pressure pause and no one came to watch, it doesn't count. It doesn't even count. Yeah. No, but you have to make that pot putt while everyone else is watching you. Wow. And that is really just part of it. It's like, we're trying to build to that moment. Like when that situation comes up for you in competition, you know that feeling. Exactly. I was just going to say that's really, that's a really great drill because there's no real, there's, it's hard to simulate the pressure you feel when you're playing for a national championship and you have that putt. And that's one way you can try to train the brain to say, oh, I've been here. I've done it you know, with my teammates just staring at me and where I had to make a putt for it to count, you know? So, I mean, that's really, that's a really great way to approach it. I, uh, it's, it's, uh, that's something that wasn't around back when I was playing. <laughs> and, and believe me, we have a lot of fun with it also. Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> there, sure. there, there's a lot of hackling going on before it, or there's a lot of celebration when someone gets through it. So is there, yeah. Is there, are they, are they saying things as she's punting? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plenty of that. Not on my back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, I mean, this is wonderful. Let's, let's leave it with this. You guys, like we mentioned, you mentioned, uh, you alluded to the fact that you've been top five in the national championships for six, seven years in a row. The last two years, you guys have been number two. How do you get to, how did you get to that level? How are you staying at that level? It's a, it's a, you know, it's a basic question. What are the biggest strengths of your program in this moment as we head into the, the winter of 2020 and the spring of 21? Oh, it's, I often challenge the, our players not to be humble um, and, and, and really just acknowledge where they're at uh, and, and be true about it. Um, it's sort of, but it's easy for me to be humble that it's really the hard work that these young women put in day in and day out. Uh, it is incredible what they're willing to, to put on themselves. Um, with regards to like going all through all their academic work. I mean, uh, quick story. I mean, national championship last year, that was during finals week. Right. I proctored five finals during nationals. And that is, I, I don't think they always get the credit they deserve for moments like those, but that, that lasts all year long um, that they're under that kind of a stress and pressure um, and still, they show up for the lift, and they push themselves during the lift. They come to practice on time. They prepare. They're ready. They compete. They're focused their entire time. And that's often like sort of the two things. And I've been asked that question. It's like, where, where does that success come from? I say, like, for, like, we're very focused. Like, 
I never really have to ask them like, Hey, okay. Like this is getting out of hand. So let, let's get, let's get going. <laughs> like they get enjoy out of just trying to accomplish what we're working on that particular day. A lot of our success comes from those small pieces from the process. And they know that we talk about that a lot. It's, you, it's not going to, we're not going to make a magical jump. It's the small steps that we make. It's the marginal gains that are going to lead to the success. And, and they really embrace that. So it's, it's the small moments from day to day. And then I would say the support that they give each other during it. And I intentionally use the word support because support is in good times and in bad times. Sure. Has to be. And all around. Yeah. Um, and that is incredibly important because it can be like, ah, oh, someone's really struggling in this organic chemistry class, uh, which a lot of our players take. And <laughs> so it's good to have a teammate that can, hey, like, I'll, I'll go through it with you. And it's like, oh, I have job interviews coming up. I'll go through that with you. It's like, oh, I'm working on this in my swing. I'll take a look at it. I'll take a video. We'll, we'll talk about it. Um, so it's the, it's, there are those moments that I acknowledge with the team. It's like, this is going to lead to something great. We can't guarantee it. We don't know what the, what the future holds. We don't know if we're going to get a chance to compete in a national championship um, soon. We certainly hope so, and we're going to prepare for that. Uh, so it's the combination of that sort of, yeah, strong work ethic, that focus they put in day in and day out, and the support that they provide each other that creates the sort of the, the chemistry within the team that they were so excited to get back out on the golf course together this fall. They couldn't yeah. wait. Even knowing that there was no competition coming no, no travel, no competition. Yeah. And they just wanted to be out there with each other working on their games and really get better. Um, and so I don't take that for granted. I think it's, it's special. Um, and we have, <laughs> we have a large roster for, for, for a women's uh, college golf team of 11 this year. So not like in the national championship, you get to send five. Right. So we're going to have more than half of our team that will not have a chance to compete for the program. And it's because of, I say it's because of that depth. We have talent from the first spot to the 11th spot. We, we actually don't have any particular order of players. Uh, they get to uh, earn their spot every week for each tournament coming up. Um, that also led to the last time we played and um, last year, last fall, we had six players earn an all region recognition yeah i mean i remember that if i'm not mistaken and you can correct me if i'm wrong there was a tournament where you brought a team of five and then you were you also brought one as an individual and the individual won the tournament am i not yeah am i not i no. think that that happened that's the last tournament we played in yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's amazing that talk about depth holy cow yeah and uh and that for us happens every week yeah and that wouldn't be possible unless the players embrace it. Exactly. That they you support foster it. that though. You foster that with the way you coach and the way you run your program too. I mean, it's all, it all goes hand in hand, right? It's, it's, it's honesty. It's being clear yeah. it's, it's, when they come into the program, when they're being recruited, it's like, this is, this is the environment you're coming into. And I tell them it's going to be hard because 
just period at Williams is going to be hard. You're going to be pushed to be the best student you can be. In, in the golf program, you're going to be pushed to be the best golfer you can be. And your friends, your family, everyone around you in the community, in the Williams community, are going to push you to be the best person you can be. So at times, that's going to be hard. Yeah, It's going to be really, really hard. But that's also been one of my favorite things. I get to interact with alumni and other people that are super proud that have gone through that at Williams. Yeah. And it's like, no, I, I know what you're talking about. And that was amazing. I don't know what it is personally. I didn't go to Williams as an undergraduate student, but I feel fortunate to have interacted with enough of them to understand where they're coming from. That like when I see my players graduate now in the past years, and it's like, oh yeah, there, there were times there were some tears in their office and uh, we had some hard conversation, but man, it was, it was worth it. Yeah, because you come out better on the other side, you know, and it's about... Uh... It's about growing and growth, really. That's what these four years are about. Uh, you know, not just on the course, but as a human being. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's great, Thomas. Thank you so much. Uh, you guys have been listening to Eve Talk uh, with women's golf coach Thomas Adalstingson. <laughs> uh, and I am your host, well Christian Four. We appreciate uh, you listening in, and uh, we will see you next week. Thank you very much and have a good night.